Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. And you're coming back to an album. I think it came out in ten years, ago. 2012 or so. Just like ten years ago. Yeah. So all t- all too well. And it's I- Red. The album is called Red. Thank you. I'm familiar with Red. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're leaving the house, and Dad just goes, "Michael, have you have you heard of? You're like Taylor Swift, right? Have you heard of this song, All Too Well?" And without missing a beat, I'm putting the boy in the car saying, oh, what? Uh, you call me up again to break me like a promise so casually cruel in the name of being honest? Yeah. And he go, yeah, that's the lie. Pretty good. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. On that subject, we have this email from Greg Wells, who's listened for years, in Why I'm Missing Pennsylvania. Okay. While I've come to expect the unexpected from your pod, I have to admit when you started in on Taylor Swift, well, I did not see that one coming. (laughs) Still, I thought, wait, I know her. Really, I know her and her family. Before moving to Nashville to reach some small modicum of fame as a singer, Taylor and her family lived in our small town of Why I'm Missing, Pennsylvania. When she was in eighth grade, she played the middle Von Trapp child in The Sound of Music at the high school. It's not the greatest part in the play, but she did well with it. The scene stealer of the show was a kindergartner named Abby Wells. Some years later, standing in a line at a pre-show event to get a signed picture, Taylor seemed to recognize a now teenage Abby and once told why she was genuinely glad to see her. If you never dated her, you get a nice experience, apparently. <laughs> Just another brush with celebrities. Should we go back to what we had for lunch? So this is a great email. I wonder from if he Greg knows Wells. the guy from Teardrops on My Guitar. Is that, now, we, we talked about this yesterday, you and me and, and Liz. We talked about the fact that she's an undateable person. Well, yeah, she's playing with fire. She's undateable. Yeah, she's in gonna, your eyes, yes. Yes, you don't ever date a writer. You don't. You don't date a writer. They internalize everything. And they come back at you with a vengeance. Yes. And that's, you just, you don't do that. It's not what you do. Um, okay, there's a couple of things to talk about. First of all, Chuck Todd took gas. He took Atlanta. I think that his reasoning had something to do with the fact that when you play on the road on the Thursday night game, you know, you're not doing well. You don't often cover. And he forgot that it was Atlanta against New England. <laughs> the greatest, well, greatest is the wrong word, the worst loss ever probably Ever oh, sure. in in the National Football League is Atlanta losing the Super Bowl late to New England when their their dancing fool owner Arthur Blank was on the sidelines dancing that they were going to win he was going to win and they lost that game yes and who was the quarterback in that game for New England this guy all right Matt Ryan who's very good Luke Russert's dear friend yes he's a very good quarterback but he can't beat them he's never beaten them. And they won 25 nothing last night. 25 nothing. You know, you like apples? How about Mac Jones? 22 for 26. Yeah, he got the number. Yeah. 22 for 26. You know, come on. Yeah. It's a 25 nothing game. Chuck Todd, big gas on that. Well, it was the end as well. It was, I think Ryan might have been out of the game. But there was a pick six. Out. And then there was a, another interception it's right three after quarterbacks the- who all got picked. <laughs> it was just all of yeah. them. Yeah, it was, it was tough. They have won five in a row, New England. They have outscored their opponents in those five in a row, 175 to 50. It's, what are we talking about here? Chuck Todd, you got to pick New England in that one. Now, someone did pick New England in that match. 
The monkey. I believe the monkey did. The monkey won that game. Yeah. But Chuck had first dibs on that game. You know, (laughs) unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. uh, Some other things to talk about. Let me just go to a couple of other emails. DG is writing us all the time. Oh, DG. It's the, yeah, it's the Richie Lobel store. (laughs) Once again, he just writes, and he writes a great small email. It's very short. He does. He does. Sat on the bench at Harvard next to Al Gore, never played, regards DG. Because I'd ask Gooch, did right. you ever play against LeBay? He says, I, I don't know that he played. I don't remember playing against him. Can I ask a question? Yeah. How did he? How did Lobel get the nickname Gooch? It's a great nickname. No, no, Stephen Pearson. Oh, Stephen Pearson, I'm sorry. He was just always Gooch. Just always. His brother, his older brother Tommy was Roach. And he was Gooch. I don't know how. I mean, when I met him, he was Gooch. Gooch is a fantastic yeah. Roach and Gooch. Yeah, it's, should be. A I met show. him that way, you yeah. know, and and he was always Gooch, and he and he thinks of himself that way, right? You know, so and he was a great basketball player. He played at Penn. Yeah, started at Penn. Was great at Hewlett. Uh, for another DG, Drew Gardner in Iowa City. On the recent shows, you mentioned DG. I screamed to myself while driving to work as a science teacher. Often finding myself perplexed by Tony's understanding of science. <laughs> I know these initials. They're mine. Does this count as a David Aldridge moment? No. No. Because no. you're, D- you're, not, you're not Goldie. Yeah, you don't you're not DG. Goldie. Regards, DG. This is Greg Rosenbaum, Bill Isaacson's longtime friend. We met at a George Mitrovich dinner in D.C. where you introduced Bob Ryan and I gave you a Dayton Dragons hat. I do remember that. I would certainly remember introducing Bob Ryan. It was downtown near uh, Union Station. I also, through Bill, got some souvenirs from Binghamton's hosting. I got you some souvenirs from Binghamton's hosting of the College National Debate Tournament. I wanted to let you know that this Saturday, which is tomorrow, my daughter Eve, who's now Director of Baseball Development for the Orioles. That's a pretty cool job. That is. Will be inducted into the Greater Washington Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, joining you in being so honored. I don't know if you'll be in attendance. I don't go anywhere, which is at the JCC in Rockville. Uh, it's not a sit-down dinner, but I did want to bring your attention to the connection my family has with Bill and now my daughter will have with you. Bill has known Eve since she was born. I know it isn't as big a deal as the D.C. Sports Hall of Fame, to which you and Katie Ledecky were inducted at the same time. But Katie and her family did place a tribute book ad for this event congratulating Eve, so there is that. If you're able to attend the event, I look forward to seeing you again and introducing you to Eve. George was a big supporter of Eve's when she worked for the Red Sox while in college, and they corresponded Right until George's passing. We love George Mitrovich. Yes. Love his son. Yes, um, absolutely. So this is very nice, and congratulations to Eve on that. Congratulations. I have that. such good memories from that dinner. Tell the people your memories from no, the just dinner. No, cru- it's Rob. You're just crushing chili cheese dogs and yeah. knishes and Rob taking you up through the line. Rob, excuse, excuse me, miss. dear. Excuse me, dear. Excuse me, dear. <laughs> well, he's, he's got to eat. And Rob just got he's to present the line. Yeah, he's got, he's got something to do here, so excuse me. Um, so let me get to, I think, what is the most important thing today. I think last night at the six o'clock news, Doug Kammerer on Channel Four, while by by the way overstating the amount of rain we were going to get. I believe I had that. Yeah, I gave you the update. I was you didn't out believe. walking Chessie in the rain and thought I better get home quick because it's going to pour, and it never poured. It was very light, right? Very light yeah. rain. Anyway, so Kammerer is is talking about. An almost total eclipse of the moon last night. Not the Bonnie Tyler song that Jimmy Steinman wrote and produced. Total eclipse of the moon last night. And he shows you on the progression what it will look like at various points. Now, um, the people, Leon said he might get up to see it. He might get up to see it. He was the only one who was going to get up to see it. Nobody else was getting up to see that. It was going to begin sometime around 1 o'clock. 
It was going to hit its peak sometime around 4 o'clock in the morning and would be gone by 7 o'clock. The amount of shadows would disappear and you would get the full moon. Last night, the full moon. I worried we wouldn't get the full moon because of, again, the rain we were going to get. And we didn't get the moon at all, you know, coming up in the evening. Didn't get that at all. The boys didn't get to see the right. full moon. We got to see an almost full moon the night before. Right. Yeah. I, I send... Sort of I, tough, to th- tough to see through our Parkland setting with these big mature trees. It's hard for me. You know, I, I probably sound stupid to my son and daughter-in-law because I, I advance the full moon. I say get the boys out for the full moon. Tonight is almost a full I've moon. I've never seen you use waxing. an exclamation point except with writing about the moon in text message. Very excited about full moons. Very excited. Somewhere in my history there are vampires and werewolves, I'm sure. Very excited about it. So when you're old, you get up in the middle of the night a few times. Doug Cameron had pointed out that he said the moon would turn red. He said it would be red. The shadows would create red, a red color on the moon. Well, I happened to have gotten up at about 3.45. And I realized, maybe I'll look out the window. Maybe I'll see the moon. I don't know if I'll see the moon because it could be in another spot relative to the house. But the moon was in the northwest sky last night. Relatively low. That's your line of sight. Yes, out of the bedroom window. Relatively low at four in the morning. And I woke Carol up. And I said, you know, let you can see the moon. And she got up. She was not angry. I think she wanted to see the moon. She continues to be asleep now and will sleep till one o'clock in the afternoon. But (laughs) she saw it. Yeah, she saw it. And it was brown. It was not red. It was tan. It was more than tan. It was brown. I saw it where if you picture the moon in the sky and you're looking directly at it, the area from, say, 10 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock at night, that's where, where the clock would be, that was white. And the rest of it was brown, tan to brown. And you could only see that slim, and you wouldn't even call it a quarter moon because it didn't extend to the top of the moon. It did not go all the way to 12 o'clock. It was not 6 to 12. It was like 7 to 10, something like that. But I got to see it. And then when I took the dog out at 6 o'clock, it was a bright moon. It was a bright white moon. And it was really bright. You know, you could see where we'd landed. You'd see all the spots where we'd landed on the moon. Did you see any of the moon today? Did either of you see any of the moon today? I did. I'm very excited about this. I just, but I also assume this happened every three or four months. And you said, I think this is a rarity. I, I think it's it's like once in a 100 years or something like really? that. Really? For this particular, the length of, of of it, I think was was what made it unique or somewhat unique. Let me. I, I did not see this morning, but that's more the the way that our house is situated and the way that I drive with the cloud cover. I didn't sort of look back to see that, so I'm happy you got Northwest Sky in the low I'm, Northwest. I am happier that your neighbors. Oh you know, have allowed these views to exist. They Which haven't is, put out a bump out yet. Yeah, that's going to happen soon. This is the headline from the piece in the New York Times. Uh, I can only read the headline. Because yeah, he doesn't subscribe. Right, it says, yeah. watch tonight's partial lunar eclipse. The oh, partial. Long, the longest in 580 years. Well, I missed the last one, and I'm old. <laughs> the longest in 580 years? Yeah. Really? So that was, that was very worthwhile seeing. I would have woken the boys up for that stat. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, but, uh, you know, maybe it was red to other people. Maybe my eyes are bad. It just looked tannish and brownish to me and not red. But I've earlier this week when we were waxing and getting towards the full moon and we were about three days away in the area between, say, three o'clock and five o'clock on the moon on the other side of what I just talked about, you could see gold on the moon. 
it was a gold, it was like a gold shadow for a couple of nights. Or maybe my eyes are bad. You know, maybe it was red, and <clears throat> maybe my eyes are bad. I don't know. The other side from where you were looking at it from. Yes. I'm, yes. Um, no, this is an old shot. Sorry, it was from NPR. I thought this might have been. This appears to be a shot, no, hold on, from Cincinnati. Can you see that one with just the sliver? Yeah, that's what it looked like. That's exactly where it was. But it didn't look red to me. It looked tan to brown to me, darker than red. This is all available on a Google image search. So you're welcome. I saw it. More than a khaki? Yes. Like a rust khaki? Um, yes, but more like, like a muted Nantucket red. Yeah, we, no, no, we were we were getting more to brown. That's what I'm trying to say. We were getting more to brown. Classic khaki. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. Jason Lock and Fora will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a solo stove ad. I've reached a point in my life where I think I want to get a solo stove. I, I do. I'm serious about this. Sure. I'll share with you. you know, I'll well, invite you around the fire. I was splitting logs just yesterday at I, your very I house. I know. I know. I understand that. So you like the solo stove. I do. So Lizza has double a, burn. So Lizza has a solo stove. He lights it every day. Yeah. Well, and early, like inappropriately early. <laughs> What's the point in not using it if you have it? I think I want to get a solo stove. There's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire on a cool fall evening. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable because instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes, you can sit back, relax, and actually enjoy the fire. Enjoy the warm ambiance, the mesmerizing flames, and all the opportunities to create more good moments and lasting memories. Make the time with your friends and family richer with a Solo Stove fire pit. I really like when... You bring the starter. Yeah. Just a few bits. Well, that's like wood, right? Yeah. And, and a pine cone? Sure, you can use Because I like to cone. use a pine cone. I like when, when they use words like ambiance and mesmerizing in copy. I think that's classy. Solo stove fire pits are brilliantly engineered and beautifully crafted. Made with premium grade 304 stainless steel and a patented 360, 360-degree airflow system that maximizes efficiency while minimizing smoke. And as Michael said, easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes. But what is starter technically? Is it anything? Yeah, I think it's just kindling, right? It's uh, little okay. bits of wood or paper. Is yeah, it... for, the, for the solo stove, I'd hope that it's going to be flammable. Well, one would hope, or else there's really no point in doing it. Get the perfect fire pit for those fall nights and make your backyard a destination with a spectacular fire pit from Solo Stove. Shop the fall event now. Get an extra $10 off when you use the promo code TONYK at checkout. They're so confident you'll love it. They offer a lifetime warranty and a 30-day free return policy. Just go to solostove.com. And remember, you get $10 off when you use the promo code Tony K. So use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. I used to really love to go to Ridley Field. To go to Fenway Park, to go to Dodger Stadium, but that just seems old-fashioned. And now I feel young at the new ballparks whose names roll off the tongue. Crypto.com Arena, where the Lakers could be odious. Crypto.com Arena, what could sound more melodious? MetLife Stadium, where the Jets and Giants play. To the Fleet Center, I go to cheer my Celtics. Hooray! The Cowboys at AT&T. You 
U.S. cellular, not Comiskey. I love to see the ravens at M&T Bank. Long Deposit Park, where the Marlins stank. Mona Center for the Blazers, used to be the Rose Garden. The Barclays Center, to watch James Harden. Little Caesars Arena, where the Pistons pay the bills. Was once upon a time the Palace of Auburn Hills. Unsolicited advice, Mr. Tony, beg your pardon. There's that old quaint building in New York called Madison Square Garden. I bet the Knicks would soar like a prima ballerina if it was renamed the Tony Kornheiser Show Arena. I don't know what we do with Dan Byrne, who I think is a genius. I think he's a genius. He absolutely I actually is. think he's a genius. And now you can commission your very own Dan Byrne song. He's got a website he sent to us. I have now have my own song store open online. Customized songs for any occasion, also choruses, verses, and bridges. Songstore.com. A hundred bucks off for a customized song for Littles. Just say La Cheeserie. Use the code, people. He's serious. Dan Byrne is a genius. I've commissioned him for a personal song. Genius. And it was perfect. So I recommend that for anybody. It's, it's just amazing. Plays in Jason Lock and Ford. Jason, uh, that was like two minutes of brilliance, was it not, from Dan Byrne? Brilliant. That's, that's pretty wild. It's like a sort of a cameo, except they make a song for you. That's pretty wild. Yeah. That's wow. Right. That's amazing. Cool beans. Just amazing. And Crypto.com, Crypto. what a stupid, <laughs> how, yeah. how bankrupt morally and physically well, are the Lakers to do that? Crypto.com, I mean, Arena. Oh. At least it's not Tales from the Crypt Arena. That might have been worse. It's just so awful. All right, let's talk to Jason about it. Let's just start with New England. There's no question that Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback. They've now won five games in a row. I don't know that they beat anybody great, but they won five games in a row. They've outscored those teams 175 to 50 in those five games. And I want to know, are they actually good? Are they a playoff team? Could they actually win the division and beat the Bills? I think all of the above, Tone. They're they're good. They're definitely for, for me a playoff team. I mean, you look at the AFC. How many how many teams are capable of winning five or six in a row besides Tennessee? You know, you could play. You could have them all play Jacksonville five or six times in a row, and I'm not sure too many of them would win all five or six. So, uh, very good team. Very fundamentally sound. Um, certainly a playoff team. Super Bowl. You know, I, I don't know as good as the, the young quarterback is. He's still a young quarterback. And they right. still handle him with a fair amount of kid gloves, which is smart because it, it, it plays complimentary football for their defense, which really is the star of the show. It's the defense in the running game. It's old school. It's throwback. But you know what? They play in New England, and, and they play against teams like Buffalo and Cleveland, as they just eviscerated Cleveland the other day, um, and Pittsburgh. And their formula plays this time of year, um, especially as the weather starts to change. So, uh, look, they, they – they have tremendous impact players at all three levels of their defense, uh, very smart coaching staff, and they're bringing that kid quarterback along the right way. And they have not just um, the ability to run the ball down your throat, but to do it with multiplicity with different backs who have a little bit of a different skill set and, and body type. So, yeah, look out for New England. And um, I can guarantee you there's nobody in Buffalo's coaching rooms or front office right now who are thinking that that uh, – that that division title is their birthright. 
You know, they're a team that is rising when you're supposed to be rising. Actually, the beginning mm-hmm. of December is when you want to rise. But another team that looks like they could do something is Indianapolis. They look like they're starting something. They are, they're in Buffalo this week, I think. Um, yeah. is, that a, is that a How do you look at Indianapolis? Are they good? I mean, they're like most of this league. I mean, they, they should have beat Baltimore on a Monday night, and they didn't. And then they should have blown out, you know, Jacksonville this past weekend, and they ended up holding on for dear life after dominating, you know, the first half of that game. Right. I think Trevor Lawrence had 30 yards passing at halftime, um, like three for 14 or something like that. But that ended up being, like most of these games, a struggle at the end. Good team. I mean, they have some of the same attributes as as, uh, as the Patriots. They turn the ball over too much, though, and the, their quarterback, veteran as he is, still does too many things that make you just say, what, what is going on here? But a stout defense, a lot of speed on that side of the ball. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor is, you know, the closest thing to Derrick Henry I think we have going right now. Well, Derrick Henry's out. Um but they lost twice to Tennessee. They've had some yeah. other um, bizarre yeah. sort of or, or just unfortunate AFC losses. So they've dug themselves a little hole. But sure, I mean, so I don't know. Is 9-8 and going to be a wild card enough for one of these wild card spots? Is it going to be 10? Is it going to be 11? These teams are so Jekyll and Hyde. I have a hard time figuring out from week to week, we you know, who's got the arrow pointing up and who's got the arrow pointing down. They're all capable of wild variants in terms of their performances and their outcomes. Um, losing, I mean, look, if the Colts were to lose this game, you, you start putting yourself in a position where you, you're, you know, you're going to have to come close to, to running the table, at least running the table in your AFC games. Um, but I, I, don't, I think that's a coin flip game. I mean, Buffalo's offense still gives me a little pause. I know the, the numbers at the end of the day look massive against the Jets, but but they still had trouble getting it going for a while. Although Buffalo's defense is, um, without a doubt, in my mind, the best in football. It's an interesting year in the sense, and Wilbon and I talk about this all the time. There does not appear to be a great team. Every time mm-hmm. you you want to sit down on one team and say this is the team they lose, Tampa Bay and the Rams have each lost two in a row. Yep. They would yep. look to be great teams, and they've each lost two in a row. Are you are you particularly skeptical about either one or both of them? Um, I mean, I, I think the the Cardinals and the Rams give me a little more pulse. Um, you know, yeah. Tampa's been to the mountaintop. That's a team that turned the switch after a week thirteen bye last year, and and reinvented itself to some degree. Um, but it's also an older team, and and they've experienced their share of injuries, and that might continue to be the case because that can tend to happen to an older team. So I, I, I do kind of feel like in the end, their, their institutional knowledge and they've been there, done that sort of look of the, most of the roster um, will carry them. Uh, and the rest of the division, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm more interested in Carolina now than I've been in a while. I don't know how good they are. It's a good defense. And I think Cam will stabilize some things for them. So they're interesting. You know, Atlanta's not very good. And the saints have had horrible luck in more ways than one. But, but despite all that, Tampa hasn't run away and, 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 and taken hold of that division by Thanksgiving. Like a lot of us thought they would. So I think Tampa though still has a better chance to do that than a team like the Rams right now. Um, but, I, I mean, if you made me pick an NFC team at this very mm-hmm. moment to, to back for the Super Bowl, 
I would probably say Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah, I, I understand that. Let me go back to what you said about Carolina, that you're paying attention now. Cam Newton was terrible last year as a passer. Terrible in New England. He had 12 rushing touchdowns, which is tremendous. Mm-hmm. But he had eight passing touchdowns the entire year. He just could not throw the ball. Do you think he's going to be better at Carolina? Um, I do. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you he's going to be what he was, you know, four years right. ago as an MVP candidate. But better than that New England version? I, I think so. Um, the bar is not going to be set increasingly high. Uh, I, I believe that. Well, he's already thrown one. one he already has one passing touchdown. Yeah. He's, he barely yeah. even played. Two so. yards. Yeah. Uh, it's a good defense. McCaffrey um, and him back there in the pistol together is could be a lot of fun um, for those of us watching, not for the guys playing on the other side. Uh, I, I think the receivers there can do enough for him. Um, it's really about just don't be a double agent, right? Just You can't just please don't throw two picks a game. Right. And right. we're going to have a chance with this defense and with the way we run the ball. And I certainly think he can manage a game and, and he can flex his muscles in certain situations as a leader um, and physically on the football field in a way that, you know, Sam Darnold and PJ Walker just couldn't. I mean, that looked like okay. a lost desperate operation um, for, for the better part of a month as the bottom fell out at the quarterback spot. And I think they have a new life and a new energy, um, in a way that nobody else on that roster could have provided. I'll get you out of here on this. Wilbon and I talk about this for Sports Center the other day. Mm-hmm. Dallas plays Kansas City. Is this game as important as it appears? I would say it's more important for Kansas City, but maybe not. But this looks like a big time game, is it, in your mind? Or is it too early? I mean, it's certainly a really interesting game. Um, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's out of conference. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. To me, it's more of, um, I don't want to say an exhibition, but I, I think it'll mean more just from like aesthetic purposes, like of being a fun watch. If it's, you know, if it ends up being yeah. high scoring, uh, you know, if it's, if it's you know, a old school quarterback goal, anything you can do, I can do better. Then you know that's those tend to be memorable games, and and then we extrapolate as to what it would mean if they met again in the Super Bowl, yada yada yada. Um, that's fair. That's fair. But as, yeah. in terms of like actual meaning for impact on the season, potential tiebreakers, um, you know what it could mean for playoff seating. Um, obviously, wins matter. You know, first and foremost. But I feel I kind of look at it as more of a one-off than. You know, okay. necessarily um, what what it portends for the future. Although with the Chiefs in particular, as all over the place as they've been, um, the ability to string together two straight wins and two straight strong performances, yes, I think that part of it is more important for them because they're going to have more of a struggle to make the playoffs than Dallas is where, you know, yeah. Dallas can, can lay an egg once every three weeks. They're still going to win that division. No, that's, that was my thinking yesterday. I said that to Wilbon. I, I agree with that. Plug your radio show for us. Thanks, Tom. You can listen to more of my ramblings from 2 to 6 Eastern Time daily uh, on Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, you could also listen to us uh, on the Odyssey app or stream us anywhere at www.1057thefan.com. Thank you, Jason. Talk to you Thank next you week. Thank you, guys. Bye. Enjoy the games. Have a great weekend. Thanks.
Jason Lockenfour of CBS Sports will take a break. We will come back. James Carville allegedly will be with us. He's confirmed he should be there. Okay. Let's see. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe ad. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all their Black Friday deals, 50% off their award winning home security. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was even named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. You can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system at starting just over $100. There are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. If you're going to get one of these things, then you can get it for 50% off. You, you're absolutely I think I had a, a DA moment with, the, with Simply Safe. What happened? We took the boys over to a friend's house. And they had it. We see the sign in the yard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take advantage of Simply Safe's early Black Friday deals. Get 50% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash Tony. Again, that's Simply Safe, S-I-M-P-L-I, simplysafe.com slash Tony for 50% off your entire system. Use the code, people. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Matt Carlson. And he writes, my friend Nate is in a new band, Harbor Coat. They have a new single called Help Me Out Somehow. That's what he sent us. They're from Lansing, Michigan. And um, I haven't heard of them. But pretty good. Harbor Coat. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to him last night. And Matt Carlson himself is the owner-operator at Phonofor Records. They're named for an R.E.M. song, and they sound like R.E.M., don't they? Yeah, they do. They it's sound not like a bad R.E.M. thing. That's really good. No. Michael, if people want to send in their original music, like Harbor Coat, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. And they play in James Carville. And James had two double plays last week. And James was four and four because he picked eight games, but because he had two double plays, he finished five and five. He's 23 and 26 overall, and I... Felt when he picked Northwestern, even getting 24 and a half, that was a loser. Because I always root against Wilbon's team. I just root against them. So uh, is there any particular bet you made last week that you were very proud of? Because you won half the games. Yeah, I, I think the ones that I won were kind of blowouts. Yeah. You know, the ones I lost were a little closer. But it, it all pays the same, Tony. <laughs> I, I understand that. So what are, what are you and T-Boy, what have you worked out for us this week? All right, this uh, Michigan State goes to Ohio State. They're getting, what, 19 and a half? Uh, I've got it at 19. I'll give you 19 and a okay. half. All right, take the dog. Take Michigan State. Yes. That, that, that Ohio State is really good. But that's yeah. a lot of points. Jesus. Uh, it's it's a lot of points. Alabama. North Carolina, Alabama. What do you got? That's Arkansas, Alabama. Oh, Arkansas, Arkansas Alabama. I've got, I've got Alabama giving right. 20 and a half. Yeah, take Alabama. I would take and Alabama, too. It's weird, kind of a weird line here. What do you got with Oregon at Utah? Oregon at Utah. I've got um, 
So that's at Utah. I've got Utah giving three to the number three team in the country. Right, and I, I, I take the three. I, it, it, this is like I've sucked up that written all over it. Every sucker in the world is going to go, how can Oregon be getting points? And I, I think they, I think Oregon is going to be Utah, but the, 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 the odds makers don't. So we'll, we'll, we'll take the points there. You're going to take uh, Oregon. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take Oregon. All right, and we got the uh, – the Cowboys and the Chiefs, right? Yes. I've, I've got uh, that at, at uh, the Chiefs giving two and a half at Kansas City. The, yeah, I got the Chiefs getting – I, 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 got, I got the or Cowboys Chiefs, Chiefs. plus two. Yeah, yeah so okay, yeah. Dallas plus two. Dallas plus two, right. Kansas City giving. Yeah. Okay, take Dallas. Really? Really? Yes. Okay. Well, Kansas City, they didn't look that good against the Packers. They, their offense is sputtering a little bit. The Cowboys are good. Okay. I mean, they're good. In uh, the Vikings and, and the Pack play in Minnesota? Yes, Green Bay minus two and a half, we think. It's now down to one take and a half. The, take the Vikings, well, two and a half is what I got it at. So All right. play like you bet at two and a half. And then the Bengals play the Raiders, right? Yes, Cincinnati giving Raiders, one on the road. I would take the Bengals. I'd take anything against the Raiders right now. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. they got. I don't think they start out a bad team, but I guess with their coach and everything else, they, they don't look very good here lately. They've had. They've you know they've lost two players to terrible things, terrible things, and that's got to hurt a locker room. Uh, and they lost right. the coach. And I th- I agree with you. I think they're on the verge of going down the drain. I do. Although I'm not yeah, crazy yeah, about Cincinnati. There's yeah, there's something something wrong out the desert, but I'm not yes. sure what it is. But if yes. you can make money on the thing going down, then why not try? <laughs> and then my blue plate, I got a blue plate, I got a double plate. Okay. I Florida State at Boston College. Uh, let's see, uh, Florida State, Boston College. What do you have, James? I. I I got BC, I think, is a two-point favorite. Boston College favorite over Florida State I'm, okay. at BC. I'm looking at Boston College giving one and a half on this line. Yeah. Getting one and a half or giving? Give, giving, giving? Giving one and a half. All right, take Boston College. Take Boston College over Florida State. Yeah, Florida State is not that, – that, you, you know, remember when Florida State and Nebraska were the great powerhouses yes. of college yes. football? Yes, I would. Florida State has become a disaster in the last four or five years since Jimbo Fisher left. And you know what's another disaster? Yeah. Texas, yes. a disaster. Ooh. Texas, Ooh. right? Ooh, so, you can't, yeah. you can't imagine. Because let me tell you something. I have a lot of friends in Austin, obviously, and they have a very high opinion of themselves and their program. Well, and like getting beat <laughs> like this, I, I, I mean, ooh, man, it, that. That's some hurting puppies there. That is a disaster. You. Kansas. All right, so those know. are your bets? That's my bets. All right, seven games and one is a double on, on BC. Double play on BC. On BC. All right, good luck. BC. We'll talk right. to you next week. You Thank you, James. James Carville, boys Bye-bye. and girls. He sits with T-Boy Lachelet in the swamp, and they come up with stuff. Yes.
Yeah. They do. All right. You have Jeff Ma's bets. Yes, Jeff Ma in Hawaii right now and That's the time fine. difference. Now, Jeff Ma, <clears throat> yeah, it's two, it's five hour time difference. Yeah. He was three and two last week. He won again. He's 30 and 20 overall. He is the one person that we have that if you bet with, and I say person because I'm count- I wasn't counting the monkey. He's the one person and or monkey who, if you bet with, is winning. Yes. He's winning. Yes. And he's a professional gambler, so he should be winning. But yes. Go ahead. Uh, so he's taken five games. The first one, uh, Philly giving two at home against New Orleans. He's going to take Philly Wait in that. Second. New Orleans. So it's a two? Yeah. Philly New- giving two. New Orleans plus two yep. at Philadelphia. And he'll take Philly. Okay. Then he's got the Dolphins uh, giving three at the Jets, and he will take the Dolphins. Boy, oh boy, because he doesn't like Joe Flacco. Yeah, because <laughs> Joe Flacco is un- another unvaccinated person. Yes, and also 135 years old, yeah. I believe. Okay. Uh, then he takes uh, it's Wift uh, getting three and a half at Carolina, and he will take the Washington Football Team. So he does not believe. That Cam Newton will have revenge against his old coach. Does not, apparently. Uh, Then the next one is Dallas getting two and a half at Kansas City. And he'll take Kansas City in that one. He goes against Carville. Yes. And you know what? I would, too. I would, too. I would take Kansas City in this game. Uh, The last one is, and this is an interesting one he took. I can't believe he took this. The Giants getting ten and a half at Tampa Bay. He's taking the Giants. Now maybe what happened last week. Yeah. Now, maybe Tampa Bay struggling a little bit. Maybe that, that number seems too big. But, uh, boy, if they get right. That's gonna... I think that's a bounce back game for Tampa. I, I would think so. I don't you know, see they're them... not going to lose two in a row, I don't think, in the NFC East. No, I don't see that happening. So we'll see. All right, that's good. All right, we will take a break, and we will have email and jingle when we return. That is correct. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X chair read. From the moment I sat in my X chair, and I'm sitting in my X chair now, my body immediately said, ah, so this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office until I got my X chair. I never actually had an office. Let's not go nuts. <laughs> but a chair is important. I did a podcast in the X chair. It's important. Can your current office chair give you a massage when you're working? X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? X chair can. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, or DVL to the insiders, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Try X-Chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Go to xchairtony.com now. That is the letter X, the word chair, T-O-N-Y dot com. Or call one 844 X-Chair for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. XChairTony.com. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. I love this one. It's fantastic. It is. It's just so wet. I call it the Jacques Cousteau oh, mailbag theme. We're underwater, yeah. kids. Yes. 
is really great. I mean, all the ones we get are great. This is really great. What musical instruments are these? I'm not even sure. I'd have to. I'd have some to... sort of horns, I assume. Yeah, horns. There's a harp in there, I think. Glissando. Yeah, I'm not sure. Fantastic. It's Jeremy Vint. Yeah. It's just great. No, you're just listening. Welcome to the planetarium. Yeah, descent into the shark tank. <laughs> Baltimore Aquarium. Yeah. Uh, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on and you'll be thrilled. And I was wondering, we got an email. Somebody said, I stopped by at 3.30 and they were closed. Well, it's a bagel place. They're open up early. So some of the locations are open until 2. Some are open until 3. You don't go to dinner. Yeah, it's not a dinner place, you know, but... Pop on in. You'll they be do thrilled. have pizza bagels, which would make a great late lunch. Yes, That's would. it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me, my lover stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sailing somewhere beyond the sea. She's there watching for me. If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to our arms, I'd go sailing. That's a Bobby Darren song from the late 50s, early 60s. Bobby Darren was brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. There's a tribute movie to Bobby Darren with Kevin Spacey. That's right, yeah. It's very interesting. I think it's movie. called Beyond the Sea, isn't it? Yes, it's Beyond the Sea. Yeah. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Jason Lock and Fora, James Carville. Thanks to today's sponsor, Simply Safe, X Chair, Solo Stove. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. And TK Harvest is still active on johnnyo.com. If yes. you're trying to do some early holiday shopping, if you're worrying about any shipping delays, that could will be active through, uh, I think they call it Cyber Monday. So and that's next month, not yeah. this coming Monday, yeah, that's the, Monday. the following Monday. And I, I'll get you a new code. TK Harvest. I'll get you a new code for any late Christmas shoppers. Johnny O, they make great stuff. Yes, they, they have do. cashmere now. Wow. We ought to get some of that. It's a higher price point, but yeah. use the code. From Corey Corbett in Parkton, Maryland. And the, the cover line is, a new topic has emerged. We usually shop at Aldi and Timonium, but we'll occasionally go to Wegmans and Hunt Valley. In a pinch, we have a Grawls down the street on Route 137 in Parkton. Please tell Keith and Sterling to eat it. This is a brilliant email. <laughs> I didn't know we were talking about where we went shopping. From Ron in Maryland. Above is a link explaining the Delaware PSC complaint process. Perhaps you can get Michael Bootsy or the Hammer to open it for you. It appears from your explanation that you've been treated poorly and have exhausted possible remedies with the local utility. Moving to the next level is reasonable. Good luck. We're going to save that and use Well, that. I already changed your passcode, so I think I'm, I'm done for the day. From Joe Rizzo. <laughs> During Monday's discussion with Wilbon pertaining to your interactions with various historical sports figures, I couldn't help but think about my own interactions, which served to point out the differences between bigs and littles. As a Brooklyn high schooler in the early to mid-70s, I worked at Shea Stadium as a busboy, often in the press club that was frequented by the sports writers where pregame food and beverages were served. As you know, it was during that time period when the old, old Yankee Stadium was being renovated. So the Yankees played their schedule at Shea, affording me the opportunity to work 162 games for a few seasons. The Yankees hosted their old-timers day at Shea. After the ceremonies and the two-inning game, the retired players would go to the press club for their party. And there they were, bellied up to the bar in their white, white patent leather shoes, wild-colored bell-bottom pants and satin shirts, Mickey, Whitey, Yogi, etc., etc. They were loud, hysterical, and boy, could they drink. But in the back of the press club was a darkened area with tables and chairs, and one person sat there by himself quietly eating. Players on their way to the restroom would pass this person and deferentially nod, receiving a nod back. He stayed by himself, and the others would respect his solitude while he ate his baked beans. I made sure he got what he needed and cleaned up his plate, his place sitting when he drank his non-alcoholic beverage. That person was Joe DiMaggio. And this is, everybody says this about DiMaggio. Everybody. And therein lies the difference between the big and the little. 
Whereas you and Wilbon engage in enjoyable conversations with these retired heroes, basking in the glory of sports history, this little had his fingers in Jolton Joe's half-finished plate of baked beans. <laughs> Let me just say this. I saw Joe DiMaggio at Old Timers Days, and I gave him a wide berth, because everybody gave him a wide berth, because he was, he was DiMaggio. Yeah. From Mary Judkins in Warrington, Virginia. I, too, I'm glad I, he made A1. Oh, this is about Sam Huff. I, too, am glad he made A1 on the post, and I noted that he got a longer obituary than many heads of state. Our seats at RFK were in the mezzanine, just around the curve from where Sonny, Sam, and Frank broadcast, and I spent plenty of time with my binoculars watching them. One day, I noticed that Sam had a big swollen area at his face. At halftime, I dropped a note off at the broadcast booth asking him what happened. He, told me the next, he called me the next day at my office to thank me for the sympathy. That was pretty impressive for my coworkers. He was also a big presence in Middleburg and in the horse world, which is where I now live. Such a great guy, and I'm glad he's gotten the attention he deserves. On another note, I would frequently see him playing golf with Sonny at Bellhaven Country Club since our lockers were alphabetical and our clubs were next to Sonny's. They were always very friendly. Yeah, Jurgensen, Judkins, absolutely. From Leslie Thomas in Hillsboro, North Carolina. I so enjoyed the podcast on Monday. You opened by talking about the United States Naval Academy, the alma mater of my father, my brother, and sister. Then you talked about Sam Huff, who was a member of my dad's most favorite football team. My dad is buried at the Naval Academy next to my brother, and while it is bittersweet, listening to you brought great memories and a smile to me. So keep up the good work of talking about your day, be it golf, a monkey-making football picks, a derelict trailer, or water usage in Rehoboth Beach. It never ceases to make me laugh, smile, or remember. From Robert Legau, or Legault. I don't know squat about David Aldridge moments. This is my Sam Huff moment. I'm a little who lives in the Fort Hunt area of Alexandria, where Sam Huff once lived. Three or four years ago, a group of folks that I play music with were not quite up to dad band level, so we won't be submitting any jingles anytime soon. We were invited to Sam's house, now owned by his daughter, to play music for Sam. It was like being in a football museum with all the memorabilia all over the place. We listened to Sam tell stories, and we were just in awe of him. Oh, yeah, we played Country Roads at least five to six times. With West Virginia's own Sam singing along on the chorus, Take Me Home, Country Roads, to the place I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Sam was a wonderful person and a terrific host, even after he discovered that I'm a Cowboys fan. He will be truly missed. Isn't that nice? From Jeff Bartlett in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 20-plus year little, and if you read this, a two-time emailer. Eat it, Saliza. <laughs> All the recent talk about your trip to the Naval Academy brought back a great memory from when I was in college. In the mid-80s, my best friend was a midshipman and also on the basketball team that featured some guy who I think had a decent career in the NBA, and that would be David Robinson. <laughs> Several times a year, I would leave my college in western Pennsylvania, make the track to Annapolis to visit with him, where I typically stayed with his host family. I say typically because on one trip he met me at the gate as usual, but this time he had a duffel bag with him. I'm sneaking you into Bancroft Hall, the only dorm at the academy, and I've got your uniform in the bag. Is that even legal, I asked. Absolutely not, he said. <laughs> but no one has ever done it. I talked to my roommates. They're in, too. So I put the uniform on in a bathroom and walked the halls of Bancroft, all the while being saluted and greeting with evening served by the plebes, the freshmen. The next day at 5 a.m., I hear someone screaming outside of the dorm room. I thought, it's over. He's getting kicked out. I'm going to jail. Turned out it was just an upperclassman reaming out some plebs for who knows what. Later that day, my buddy wanted me to put the dress white uniform on so I could get into the football game for free. I passed on that. But I did get to sit with David Robinson and his father in a special section for the basketball team. Can I be the official midshipman imposter of the TK show? I'll hang up and listen. Sure. P.S. I'm guessing the statute of limitations would exempt me from any legal ramifications. Just in case, can you send me Abby's contact? <laughs> from Andy Wilder in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Your rantings about sand being inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame, spot on. 
What are we even doing here? If we're going to go with basic elements, I would argue water is a better toy. You can swim in it, water ski on it, snow ski on it, skate on it, and it can be shot at one another through a water cannon or another device. It also provides the most dangerous of all hazards on the golf course. Truly a toy for life. I do want to bring your attention, and more importantly, Michael's attention, is the actual toy of kinetic sand. We have a four-year-old daughter, and a friend of ours recommended Kinetic Sand. Much like Play-Doh, but much easier to keep contained. It never dries out, it comes in every color, and it's incredible to play with. Its best quality is that it sticks together and doesn't really get everywhere, like the aforementioned Basic Sand. Michael should look into it for the upcoming holidays if he's needing gift ideas. Little's helping bigs. Thanks, I'll hang up and listen. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds like something we can keep at your house. Kinetic sand? Sure. P.S. As someone who spent a vast majority of their life in Colorado, let me stick up for Subaru in their cars. Subaru has always been the working man's car in Colorado. Affordable, reliable, and a car that handles exceptionally well in snow. It's a shame their cars have turned into a symbol for elitism and caring more for their children than your children. P.S. I have no affiliation with either kinetic sand or Subaru. Wit from Minneapolis. Wit Walden. Where do you stand on the pet rock? Think it's stupid. Yeah. It was never a good I idea. I think it was a gimmick. I think it was stupid. I don't really consider it a toy, and I don't know if it's in the Hall of Fame. Respect for the gimmick, though. Yeah. Respect for the idea. Uh, yeah. Haiku from Shad about Nathan's. Nathan's Oceanside. Come for the hot dog. Stay for the good-looking girls. <laughs> Thanks, TG. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Jay Winkleman. Hey, JW here. Do you remember that one thing we did at that one time at that place? Cool. So do I. Great catching up with you. That's a shot at DJ. It's pretty funny, isn't it? Pretty funny. Justin White. Abington, Virginia. Hey, Mr. Tony, since it's the holiday season, I have a riddle for you. What has 15 actors, four settings, two writers, and one plot? 756 Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> I can agree with that. Jason Bullock in Mechanicsville, New York. After quoting the loadout on Monday's show, I feel compelled to tell you that song leads into Stay. The, I, I know that. I said that. Yes. The B-side, Rosie, was recorded in a rehearsal room at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center. SPAC for short, a good half hour or so from my house in my hometown of Saratoga, Saratoga Springs. Not for nothing, but I've signed my emails from Half Moon, a good 20-minute drive from Albany. Perhaps I'd sign off as living in nearby Mechanicsville, just up the Hudson River, from fellow little Frank Sicari. But you wouldn't know where that is either, so who am I to talk? I would definitely know where Mechanicsville is. I went to school in Binghamton. Yeah. I know upstate New York. I know that's hundreds of miles away, but I know upstate New York. From Larry Shoemaker in Kansas City, Missouri. Did you know that seven of the ten Big 12 schools are on or very near I-35? The I-35 corridor may not be as exciting as I-95. As a matter of numerology, it's roughly one-third as exciting as I-95. So we were honored that you noticed when two of those schools, Kansas and Texas, played in the most shocking upset of the past weekend. Everyone knows that Kansas stinks in football, so what does that say about Texas? And as for the Don Olmeyer line you're so fond of, the answer to all your questions is money. What are we to make of Texas falling to four and six after spending $60 million on coaches this year? Oof. Maybe we should ask former Longhorn great Brian Arakpo, who famously said, come on, man. What are we even doing out here? <laughs> eh, write one, read one more. Michael Barron in Potomac. I listened the other day about the lyrics from American Pie. Being that I grew up in Westchester County in New York, I was happy to see the references, heard references to New Rochelle and Rye. But then someone sent me the attached article, and he allows me to click on it, which, of course, I can't do, about the reference to whiskey and rye. And, yes, your source was wrong. Tell Michael in Rochester before we go national. He needs to check his material. So what do, where are we on this? We're on uh, that it, it does not say whiskey in rye. It, it's whiskey and rye. And this is an interview. Well, with, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what we all thought. And then we heard the story. And says, oh, well, that's such a clever line. Yeah. You know, but apparently Don McLean is asked in this interview and he laughs and he says, no, it's whiskey and rye. 
It's good to know. Yes. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. You look look like at the Michigan man. Right. Look at the Michigan man. Uh <laughs> I used to really love to go to Wrigley Field, to go to Fenway Park, to go to Dodger Stadium. But that just seems old-fashioned And now I feel young At the new ballparks Whose names roll off the tongue Crypto.com Arena Where the Lakers could be odious Crypto.com Arena What could sound more melodious? MetLife Stadium Where the Jets and Giants play To the Fleet Center I go To cheer my Celtics Hooray! The Cowboys at AT&T U.S. Cellular, not Comiskey I love to see the Ravens At M&T Bank Loan Deposit Park Where the Marlins stank Mona Center for the Blazers Used to be the Rose Garden The Barclays Center To watch James Harden Little Caesars Arena Where the Pistons pay the bills was once upon a time the palace of Auburn Hills. Unsolicited advice, Mr. Tony, beg your pardon. There's that old quaint building in New York called Madison Square Garden. I bet the Knicks would soar like a prima ballerina if it was renamed the Tony Kornheiser Show Arena. Can't say 